guys. Welcome back to the show. And I have a returning guest on the show today, a man that was on the show a couple of months back and told the most craziest stories that you could ever hear. And we're just talking about it off camera. And he knows them off the back of his hand now. But we're going to go down different avenues tonight because those roads have already been covered. Mr. Tank Toland, former OVW, multiple time tag team champion and WWE wrestler. How are you today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. It's a pleasure. Great to have you back on. Look, we'll touch on the fir first things first, because I know Scott Wilder is watching this, and he was kind of advertising you guys to do an appearance, and it didn't happen. If you want to fill the fans in quickly on what happened there. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. No problem. Yeah, uh, Scott was in. Hey, Scott, what's up, buddy? Um, definitely was nice enough to, uh, you know, you know, give us the opportunity to do some, uh, you know, uh, some uh, personal appearances uh, on his uh, for his promotion, which is very nice, very generous, um, uh, very appreciated, uh, and uh, looking forward to it. I, I, my fans were looking forward to it. Uh, you know, just uh, it was it was definitely going to be a great time to go down there and and see some people. Uh, you know, shake some hands, take some pictures, sign some autographs, and all that stuff, and. And, uh, you know, see also see some of the people I haven't seen in a while that I've worked with uh, over the years and uh, that were that were going to be there. And I was totally pumped, looking forward to it. <clears throat> and uh, I got a call, gosh, I mean, sometime maybe the week of maybe a few days before. And uh, Scott's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I got, I got to cancel your guy's spot. Um, your your ex tag team partners totally like ghosting me. And I was just like. First off, I was like, I, I wasn't surprised in the least. Um, that's par for the course with him. Uh, he's always been kind of like a, a just you don't know what's what's going to happen with him. He's he's like just a loose cannon, basically, um, loose cannon without the without the, the the firepower. Let's just say that. Just kidding. Uh, anyway, no, but. Uh, <clears throat> But uh, yeah, so basically he's just like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. But yeah, he ghosted me. I was trying to figure out his travel and uh, his ho his hotel arrangements. And he just was, you know, not responding to me uh, uh, over like a two or three week period that he's trying to arrange the stuff. And he's like, now it's too close to the, to the show. It's, you know, the, the flights are outrageous and, the, you know, everything's just going to cost a lot more. So it doesn't make sense. And uh, who knows what the, he would show up anyway. So I was like, oh, well, I understand. I'm not surprised. And even when he, I first got this booking, I thought to myself, all right, this is a 50-50 shot. This is going to go down. But I had my fingers crossed that maybe over the years, he, he I, I mean, it looks like he had found Jesus or whatever, you know, whatever he's doing. I don't know if he's trying to start his own cult or what. Who knows? God only knows. Um but uh, but I was like, okay, maybe he got his act together enough to actually show up and, and be normal enough to to pull this off. So I was willing to, you know, put you know any bad feelings I had aside, uh, any grudges or any kind of, you know, just uh, unsettling feelings towards him. Put it aside, do it for the business, do it for you know the fans, and do it for the payday, obviously. You know, so, but, uh, but no, it was, it was going to be a great opportunity. They blew and, uh, yeah, it ticked me off pretty good. So I don't really do a lot of social media. I don't really post things that often, um, which I should, but I don't. And that was one I definitely posted on cause I was, I was just fired up. So I just went right to it. I went to his page, lit him up, lit him up on my page. And, uh, and it was crazy how many people just messaged me in the comments saying, 
yep, this this is this sounds about right for Chad. And no, I'm not surprised. I knew Chad back in this uh, promotion or back when he was a kid. And actually, I just had a guy just message me the other day. He goes, I don't know you, but I do know Chad. I grew up with him. I used to work out with him, and he's always been a really weird, shady dude. You just don't you just don't know. He's very uh, unpredictable, and and uh, you know he's always causing trouble. So there's a few there's a few things actually. It's funny that um that uh, he told me I'm not going to say uh, on the podcast right now, but they're pretty unsettling things uh, because he got jumped. As you might have known, he supposedly got jumped by uh, a few guys. Um, and got hit with a bottle or something like that. Uh, you saw the picture, right? And yeah. The yeah. yeah. And um, that once again, didn't surprise me. Uh, I'm not trying to trash him, but I'm like, dude, get your, get your act together. Cause you don't just get jumped by three guys and hit with a bottle um, for no reason. Usually. Um, I mean, he was, you know, I know he's been doing a lot of preaching out in the park and, uh, but I heard some other, some other things that were kind of, strange and uh, unsettling uh, that would have him get caused to, to get jumped by a few guys. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, in, in closing for that, then is that, is that you guys done? You're not going to commit to any, anything like that again, then are you for an appearance or something like that? You know, <laughs> I celebrity boxing match. Sure. <laughs> I'm not being a celebrity, but I'll meet him in a ring anytime. But, uh, but no, um, Honestly, like, it's just, I would love to, I'd love to, I just wish I, I, I had a partner or ex-partner where I could be like, yeah, man, we're going to get back together. We're going to, we're going to do a little run on the indie promotions or do whatever we want to do, wherever we want to do it, do some, some, some meet and greets, uh, you know, all that stuff. It would be great. But I just, you know, I can't, I can't put my name out there and attach it to something that is not dependable or not, you know, good for business. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, I mean, I know I'm, I don't have some major huge name or, or like I'm not a Cena or, or even close to that by any stretch, but at the same time, what I do have and, and my name, I do want some respect behind it and uh, some understanding that if you book me for something, I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up on or on time. I'm going to show up early and I'm going to do whatever you, you, you want me to do. So, um, you know, uh, it, when it comes down to it, just, I can't put my name with something like that right now, you know, and I don't see him, you know, in light of what has happened recently between ghosting, uh, Scott and, uh, and then all this other stuff. And if you look at his TikTok, it's pretty bizarre. I mean, you know, it's kind of, kind of odd. It's kind of out there, but it's not surprising, you know, but it's just kind of like, man, I know he's trying to make it look like he has it together, but I think it's, he's far from it. So, yeah. So, have you any plans to get back into the ring yourself? Hold on. I, I'm sorry. I can't. I'm sorry. What was that? You can go again there. Hold on. <laughs> no, I was just saying, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, oh, God. No, I'm, uh, no, I'm, I'm just, I just like to mess around. I'm just, I clown on myself, actually. I'm pretty self deprecating most of the time, but every once in a while, I just joke. Mm. Uh, I would, yeah, I mean, I do try and keep myself in good shape, uh, try and stay as young as I can, as long as I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I'd love to get back in the ring and do some more shows. Um, you know, I'm always open to any promotion that wants to give me a call. Uh, I do, I do independence here and there. Um, 
uh, over the past couple of years, it was a little bit more far between because, uh, you know, have raising a, a little kid and stuff like that. I was trying to be there as much as I could in those critical years. But now she's getting a little bit older, so I feel a little bit more comfortable, like, getting out and traveling a little bit and doing some more shows. So, you know, yeah, definitely looking forward to taking some more bookings. Uh, I'm actually – I'm not doing any shows out there, but I'm heading back to Louisville, um, to Ohio Valley Wrestling, to go visit them next week, actually. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Looking forward to going and seeing the old arena, seeing Al Snow and the guys over there. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, getting, getting back to my old territory and, and, uh, seeing my old home. That was a second home to me with second family. So that's going to be absolutely awesome to go back there and see everybody. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be a point in time as well where you want your daughter to see you wrestle. That's obviously going to be a thing for you. Oh, 100%. 100%. I want her to see, uh, daddy in the ring and, uh, you know, getting the snot kicked out of them and then kicking kicking some snot as well. So, you know, that's going to be definitely a lot of fun. I want to see, I want to get that on video to see her reactions, see how she sells it, you know. But, yeah, uh, but yeah it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I know at, when, when they're younger too, they're, man, I got, I'm going to have to really explain it to her. You know, daddy's okay, but, you know, it's going to look bad. So, yeah. and not just my technical ability, I mean, looking bad but no <laughs> but uh that goes self-deprecating no no um but yes no i'm looking forward to to actually doing a few matches where she could see it and i look forward to showing her more on the uh dvds and stuff uh and online uh as she gets older too yeah we touched on ohio valley wrestling there and of course you said you're going back so do you want to describe like how you kind of ended up in ohio valley wrestling to start with and then maybe we'll go on to who trained you yeah so um when i first you know Real quickly, uh, you know, I, I was a wrestling fan my whole life. I, I might have said that in the previous podcast. I, as most wrestlers, you know, are, they're usually starting to get into it at a very young age. And, like, I you know, I, I probably said on your podcast, I was bullied as a little kid. And uh, I was the short run, which uh, still had the short, just not a run anymore. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to be, you know, I, and I saw guys like Hulk Hogan and stuff on TV who were just these larger-in-life characters. And they're, like, real-life superheroes. And, uh saw guys like that. And I was like, I want to be big like that one day. So no one can, you know, bully me. So I started working out really young, probably around 11 years old. Uh, and uh, you know, I saw my mom's height, saw my dad's height, knew I wasn't going to be tall. I said, well, if I can't be tall, at least I want to be wide. So I, uh, went and tried to, you know, get in as good a shape as possible, kept watching wrestling throughout my life and, uh, became, you know, a bigger and bigger fan as time went on. And, and uh, then in college, I met up with another group of friends who were into it and we'd watch it. And then we'd rewind the, the VCR. Cause that's what you had back then. You would rewind the VCR tapes and, and see how they're doing all the moves. And then we'd go practice in the courtyard. And, uh, and I said to myself, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting my college degree, but I still have this, this passion for doing this. And so I started researching what wrestling schools were around me. Um, and, uh, as soon as I graduated, uh, I was teaching, uh, I got my teaching degree and I was teaching, um, and living only about 20 minutes away from the monster factory. So I was really lucky enough to go try out with the monster factory, uh, when pretty boy, Larry Sharp was running it. Um, and now, you know, Danny, uh, is running it and, uh, doing an absolutely phenomenal job. And I'm so happy that it's being carried on as strongly as it is. But, uh, but yeah, so I went to, to the monster factory 
and uh, did the tryout there, got accepted there, <clears throat> started training um, in this little place. It was a little fat, a little, it was like just like a little strip mall type of uh, studio and, and had a couple little rings that were about like a foot off the floor and they were made of just like, you know, plywood and 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 uh and like two by eights or something like that and uh they, it was the stiffest ring you couldn't believe how stiff it was uh but i'll tell you the great thing about it was is that's why i learned to take my first bumps and it was a small there were two small rings too they're probably like they're probably like maybe like seven by seven or you know so it was really the smallest ring i ever worked in yeah. and the one side of the ropes were like you couldn't go too far back because you would hit the wall on one side so you're really working three sides um but it's good because you learned how to to work and like you know you learned how to you know do a lot of chain wrestling and a lot of stuff where you didn't always have to use the ropes and when you did you learned hey this is we're doing we're gonna have to work learn how to work certain areas which is good because sometimes when you're on tv you got to know camera to work hard camera what whichever spots you're gonna need to do towards the crowd or towards this or that you know so it was it was good learning experience and with it being such a stiff ring when i got into an actual regular like real legit ring i was like i was in heaven i was like this is this is nothing bumping on this stuff uh so it was great um so i trained at the monster factory for a couple years um I was really fortunate there. They liked me. Um, they gave me a lot of opportunity right off the bat. Like, I mean, before I did the first show, they, they kind of just kind of showcased me in this, like, um, it was supposed to be like the New Jersey strongman competition. And, uh, and I went against these other wrestlers and other fans who would want to try and come up and, and, uh, and, uh, do this, you know, these power feats of power and strength and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I won, I, I like, I shoot one, because there are people from the fans, like we've invited anyone to come in and try and, 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 you know, win. And so it was kind of cool. Cause it was, it was shoot, <laughs> which was kind of funny, but, uh, but yeah, so I won that. And then, um, uh, the, my very first match was against Cliff Compton who came, became, um, Domino in, uh, uh, in, uh, WWE. yeah, right. Which I was the one to actually like me and him were really tight. Me, him, and an, another one of my boys, Mike Salaney, uh, who uh, is he? He went by the name Adonis. He never made it to the big time, but he was uh, he was definitely he had perfect look. I mean, like I mean, geez, I mean, he had such look. Uh, but you know, he did you know he didn't get the the shot uh, like like I did, unfortunately. Uh, and then another guy, but we had a group of four guys that were like we were like our own little clique, and we'd you know go to the school, then we'd go and eat dinner, and then go out and party every weekend. They crashed at my house because they're from Cliff was from New York, and my my other friends were from like. Johnstown, Pennsylvania. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, um, it was a good time. Uh, and, uh, my very first match was against cliff at the time he had the title and, uh, they decided to, for my first match to just give me, give me the, uh, give me the title and, uh, and, uh, let me run it for a while. So I held it for, I guess it was like almost two years that like I had, I think somewhere around there, almost two years, uh, before and I was doing shows for them as the champion and then did some other started doing some other promotions uh, working for like Donnie B who has uh, who is Nova's brother uh, in PCW which is uh, Phoenix Championship Wrestling uh, in Jersey uh, just about an hour north of me and uh, so that's where I kind of started breaking in outside of the Monster Factory and um, and during that time I started working for them and getting to you know work with some other guys and see how other things were you know, how 
you know, other people worked because at that time I only knew how other people in the monster factory worked, and we all learned from the same people. So it was great going outside and working other promotions and seeing other people's like uh, thought process and how the locker room worked and understanding that because you know I was really in a small little fishbowl at that time. So uh, so luckily, uh, getting to your question in the most roundabout way. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. I can go on tangents and pull you into Give vortex. Giving context. context. Giving context. <laughs> that's it's a little bit more than needed, but that's okay. But anyway, to, to answer your question, <clears throat> um, OVW had a uh, their first ever developmental um, tryout um, that they were doing um, for the WWE, and uh, they you know it was online. They said you know submit your 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 tape or submit your um your photographs and this resume or whatever it is that you had to send in you had to send in like a packet and stuff uh and so i filled it out sent it in and i was just fingers crossed that i'd get picked because uh they're taking i think like 50 people and i knew at the time like um from what i understood there was like thousands and thousands of submissions because there's people from all over the uh, world actually coming to to try and try out which a uh, few there's guys from england and ireland and other places uh coming over and and trying out and um i remember just never hearing back from them and it was like probably like a couple weeks before um before the uh before the uh, camp and it was a week-long camp and i so i caught i was like i was like i was like I was like, you guys probably maybe you just didn't accept me. Maybe you saw it and you didn't, you know, you didn't like uh, what you saw. But I was like, did you guys get it? I, was, I just want to make sure that you got the packet because I, I just, I just, you know, I, I just wanted to check. And um, Julie, who is uh, Danny Davis's wife, um, who, you know, ran OVW, um, was like, let me check. And she's like, and she's like, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. So I told her and she's like, we never got anything from you. I was like, are you serious? I said, look, I, is there any way I can send it to you? I'll overnight it to you right now. So she said, yeah, sure. So I overnighted it to them and they took a look and I was so lucky that I called because they actually liked, you know, what I had put together and they said, yeah, we'd like to have you out for the camp. So I was one of 50 people. They got to have the, the honor of going out there and be the first ever developmental tryout uh, camp with, with uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, who's an awesome dude. Uh, so much to learn from him and, and great guy. Um, and, you know, Jim Cornette and Danny Davis and Rip Rogers, you know, and, and then, you know, just so many people that were there. Rock, Rocky Johnson was there. Um, so it was just really an awesome uh, experience to go and try out and see if I can, you know, cut it, you know, uh, enough to, to, to get accepted. Um, sure enough, I was lucky enough uh, after a week of training that, um, I, I felt like I did well. I wasn't sure, but there was a lot of talented people there. You know, Chris, uh, you know, like there's, oh God, I mean, I can't, I, I won't even start to mention names, but there was, there was some really good talent people there who got accepted. And some, you know, went on to, you know, get in the WWE as well. So, uh, yeah, um, it was, it was in like, I think it was in February uh, when that happened. And in March, I mean, uh, April, uh, it was like maybe halfway through April, uh, Jimmy Cornette gave me a call while I was at work. And he's like, hey, Tank, um, Jimmy Cornette here. How you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm great, Jimmy. And he's like, I was like, and I got instantly excited because I was like, I think this is a good call. Sounds positive. And he's like, hey, how would you like to come out and, you know, come out to OVW and train with us and work on getting a developmental title? And I was like, Jimmy, there's nothing I'd rather do in this world. He's like, great. How soon can you be here? And I was like, uh, I, I was like, 
I'll, I can be there in two weeks. Just want to give two weeks notice. I'm out of here, you know, cause it, you know, just want to make sure I'm not screwing the, the job I did have, you know, you know, make sure they can, you know, find a substitution. So that was that. So two weeks later, it was, uh, it, it was a weekend of the Kentucky Derby, uh, 2003. And I moved out there, uh, you know, never been out there other than <laughs> for that one tryout camp. And I drove out there and, and, uh, just, that I remember, I'll never forget getting there and just it was just a whole other world compared to to Jersey and the Northeast attitude that we got going on here. So, and so yeah, that was the start. Of it. In two thousand and three, you mentioned that as well. They gave you um, a match on Sunday Night Heat as a solo match against Val Venus. Do you have any recollection of that? Oh, uh, did I? I I, I wrestled him. Yep. Hmm. No. <laughs> no. But the, but my, okay, so there's no recollection of that. But my 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 point was with it was, did you feel like, you know, that you would have had a better shot at this as a singles competitor going into that main roster rather than part of a tag team? Would, would you have felt more comfortable, kind of on your own? Well, shit, I'm just trying to rem- remember wrestling Val Venus. Mm, that's according to the internet now. It may not be true. I mean, it's possible. I mean, I have been hit in the head with chairs quite a few times, um, you know. So it's. I'll, it's find, I'll, I'll find it for you. I'll find the date for you. <laughs> and I do have, and I do have, uh, and I do have um, ADHD. So who knows? I could <laughs> be just one of those things. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, man, I'll tell you. For some reason, I I don't know if it was just because of my height or what. I ended up getting lumped into tag teams pretty much, you know, my entire career in the beginning, in the beginning, like once I went back on the independence, I was, I was doing, you know, my own single stuff, but man, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I got lumped into doing tag team stuff, which I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for it. I got to learn a lot. A lot of people don't understand all the, you know, psychology of having a really good tag match. And I mean, I think when I got lumped into being in a tag match with, uh, you know, uh, not lumped in. I mean, when I got the opportunity to become a tag team partner with Chris Cage and Adrenaline um, in OVW, that was like the best part of my career up to that point, just because um, not only did I have a great tag partner like like uh, Chris Cage, um, um, but uh, it was, or Chris Pavone is his real name, but I mean, Kalen Croft, you know, a million different names, but, but, um, but, uh, you know, I got to learn from Jim Cornette because he's a real, I mean, ultimately he's a tag team guy and, um, you know, one of the brightest minds in the business and just having that opportunity to learn from, from Jimmy and get, you know, soak in the knowledge that he had, uh, you know, <laughs> being available to give to me. I was just like, man, I was like, it was, it was blowing my mind how much I was learning from him. And I just, I'm so grateful that I got to learn all that, all that stuff, not just about tag teams, but just about psychology in general and selling yourself in general and just having, you know, certain charisma and stuff like, like, like I, I owe a great majority of the, um, my success and what I've learned and how good I became, um, you know, in ring and with my, you know, online, I mean, on mic skills and things like that. I owe so much to Jimmy Cornette. Like I, I couldn't thank him enough. Like uh, him and him and Paul, Paul Heyman, actually, I, I learned a lot from him as well and have a lot of respect for him as well. So two, two guys that are, you know, 
you know, icons in the business, in my opinion, um, encyclopedias of wrestling and, and just, you know, really good for the business. According, according to your internet wrestling database, it was the 13th of October 2003. Sunday night heat. Under the name Mike Toland, it says here. Hmm. Okay. There you go. Maybe. Sorry, Val. I'm sure you don't remember either because <laughs> I'm just Tank Toland. But um, but no. Um, but yeah, that's that's cool. I, maybe I could find it online sometime. Who knows? But um, but yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have had uh, more of an opportunity as a singles wrestler. I feel like I had just so much more to offer myself uh, other than just being a tag team uh, wrestler. You know, that was, I was really, I mean, ultimately I would have loved to have been a singles wrestler, but that's, you know, I guess that's not how they saw it and that wasn't in the cards. So you know, it is what it is, but yeah, would have loved that opportunity because I enjoyed the hell out of it when I was on the independence doing it. So it was, it was awesome, especially being a heel. Heels, heels the best. Heels the absolute yeah. best. Did you ever come to contact with, he's, he's massive these days, Cody, Cody Rhodes. I think he was kind of coming into OVW, wasn't he? Maybe when you were kind of exiting there. Oh no. Yeah. Cody, Cody was there. Uh, I was, that was right. Cody came in right when I was kind of at the height of my OVW run. Um, and you know, he came in and he's like, uh, you know, you know, my, my brother does it, my dad does it, you know, and he was, I guess he was just kind of given the shot, just kind of like how, you know, uh, DiBiase's son, uh, you know, Ted was given a shot too. And he was there at the time. There was a few guys that came that were lineage guys. And, um, it seemed at first, like Cody's like, not sure, like, uh, you know, like, this is just what, what I kind of gathered from it, you know? That he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe, 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 maybe not, you know, but I mean, and I, I, you know, I was there watching him and, you know, he, he definitely, obviously, I think he turned out all right. You know, I think he, I think he did all right. No, but I mean, like, yeah, I saw him doing his, you know, very beginning work, you know, when he was in OVW and uh, so super nice, super, super nice guy. I like Cody a lot. Really good guy. Um yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have worked with him. Uh, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to work with him, whether it be back then or or or, or even you know as green he was as he was then or now. I mean, which now I mean, forget about it. I mean, freaking phenomenal. It's awesome. Like I loved seeing guys that just came into the business, like when I was there in OVW, and be like super green, like, and then just see where they where they went. And I, it's just, it's so awesome. Like, uh, like Nick, Nick Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I watched him take his first bumps, you know, I watched him take his first bumps at OVW and he's another dude that's super nice. I love Nick. He's awesome guy. Um, and, um, man, I mean, he's, I mean, he just came so far from being Nicky on the spear squad to really, making something out of the Dolph Ziggler character. I mean, I mean, like, I felt like, like, I felt like he, he was like kind of fighting against the odds at one point because, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, he had a little good run with the spirit squad, which is great, but sometimes it's hard to break out of that, you know, to break sure. away from something yeah. like that. And uh, trust me, I know. And, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't successful, but, um, but yeah, but I mean, like, like someone like him who, you know, came into the business green and, and just to see, 
the progression that he made, it was, it's just phenomenal. And like guys like the Miz, Miz was there when I was there. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, guys like that are just, they're, they're just awesome. Not to mention great work ethic and, and just the, the guys who just dedicate themselves to it. They have the passion. They, they want to make the business better. They want to make themselves as good as possible. And it's just, you know, being able to know that I had the, you know, the privilege of, of, of knowing and working with those guys when they're really, you know, new in the business. Uh, it was, it's really cool to see, see them shine like that. You know, I mean, it makes me say like, damn, I wish I had that opportunity to, to kind of, to get that opportunity to shine like that. But, uh, but Hey, I'm, I'm just happy that some of my friends from back then, you know, that it was like family back then. Like, I'm just glad to see guys like that make it. And, uh, and like, you know, Bobby Lashley and, and uh, Santino Morella. Oh my God! He, you know that he was here. He was here a couple of months ago with OTT Wrestling in Ireland. Oh my God! I, you know it's so funny because I mean he's a legit, real badass in life. Like, like he's a legit badass. Like, uh, you know, he he can whoop some ass. Um, and it was funny because when he first when they're they're trying to figure out what to do with him, and they're in OVW, they're working with him. They're trying to make him like almost like a shoot wrestler, like a like a like a real badass. But like, because he could be, he's, he's, he's like a judo champion and stuff, but like, um, but sometimes you can be good in one thing and it doesn't always transfer over. Like, you know, like, like Nick Nemeth and Bobby Lashley were really good at wrestling and eventually, you know, it did transfer a lot of it transferred, but like, but I felt like with Anthony or, or Santino, um, it was like, it didn't transfer as easy with that. It was seemed like a little bit more robotic when he was trying to do that, or maybe he just didn't feel that character. I don't know. But like when they called him and said, Hey, can, can, can you, can you do an Italian accent or can you be Italian or whatever? And he's like, we, one of the things we always learned was like, if they tell you, can you, when they ask you, can you do something? You say, yes, yes. And you, you figure it out and you, you will, you will be able to do that thing uh, because you're just trying to make it. You're just trying to get your foot in that door. Can you ride a motorcycle? Yes. Can you speak Italian? Yes. Can you do, can you fly? Yes. Whatever. Yes. I'll figure it out. But uh, so to see him all of a sudden, become this other character, the Santino Morello. And it's just, it, I mean, and to see him do it so well, the, the character and charisma, I mean, like, it's just like, he became so big and such, such a, such a lovable character. And everybody just, you know, when you think of Santino, you just, you just love him, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. And uh, it was fun watching him, develop like that um because i remember when he first came one of the first things he did was he got some big heat from jimmy i mean sure i'm sure you 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 know the story with him and boogeyman and uh and no oh you don't know that story oh shoot um i'll just tell the quick version because it's not really my story to tell i was there i watched it happen uh, i was standing this far away from it um but um boogeyman was just starting to make his debut and he was doing it in OVW and it was the whole thing, you know, he's scaring the crap out of, you know, everybody, all the wrestlers are supposed to be, you know, scared. And like, so there's one section where it was basically like the, I guess it was like the beginners class. Um, they weren't under contract. They were just like beginners, beginning wrestlers in OVW. Uh, they weren't in the contract class. They're just doing like, you know, a couple of days a week. And but they still had to come to the shows and sit in the audience in a certain section. Um, and 
this one spot was where Boogeyman was supposed to, you know, chase one of the other wrestlers out the door because it was a few they were having. And they're going, he's going to get out of the ring, chase them through the side door, and they had to go through the audience. And the audience just happened to be the beginning stu- beginner students who were going to sell the hell out of it. You know, like, holy crap, here comes the, the boogeyman. They're, you know, going nuts, like scared shitless, scattering from their seats. And I guess, I guess uh, Santino, Anthony, I guess he didn't get the memo. Oh, I know, I know what it was. I think, I think what happened was he had, I think like his kid was there or something like that, or something he didn't want his kid to see like he was scared or he just didn't want he wanted to protect his kid for some reason i think it was like he just didn't want to make too big a deal because he didn't want the kid to be scared shitless um so i think he undersold it i think that's pretty much what the basic gist of it is and jimmy saw this and holy shit he was not happy so backstage after the match you know he i guess he got called back and um he was just past the gorilla, the gorilla position in this other in the main office area in the back room where we get dressed and everything. And uh, Jimmy just just laid into him in his face like this, and he's like, you know, just like, what, who do you think you are? Blah 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 blah. And and uh, you know, and uh, smacked the shit out of Santino, smacked the shit out because and Jimmy 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 would get hot because Jimmy had a particular way things went were supposed to be done. A particular way things should be sold and um he's protecting the business and because he's old school and he should and that's you know that's jimmy and he has a ton of passion which i have respect for um and but jimmy you know jimmy's jimmy and he 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 lost his shit and uh as he does sometimes and i like i said i love jimmy to death and um and and boy did he he lay a right across right across santino's face man i mean he smacked Smacked the taste right out of his mouth, and I remember I was, I was standing next to like I think it was like Nova or some like a couple guys I was standing next to. And I, we just like me and Johnny Jeter or something. We were just like looked at each other like, like holy shit, did that just happen? Wow! I'm like ooh, and then it's like kind of like okay, I'm gonna mind my own business now because uh, you don't want you don't want to be the you don't want to be in the wrath of anybody, especially Jimmy. You want to be on his good side. But uh, but yeah, that was crazy. And he's like, he's like, you'll never make it in the business, and blah blah blah. And you know, you'll be nothing. You know, as long as I have anything to do with it. And so I think to this day they still have a, a lot of heat towards each other. So from if I if I understand correctly, so yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was pretty crazy. So but I mean, you know, for him to go from having such heat and then getting over and becoming what he became, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see. Yeah, so if I take it, you were very scared of the Boogeyman from then on. <laughs> I'll sell the shit out of the Boogeyman. Hell yeah. Actually, Boogie Boogie was actually one of my riding partners when uh, when I was on the road up on SmackDown. It was and 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 he's still to this day, I still stay in contact with him and it's still one of the one of the best guys. Uh, and he just had a birthday, uh, I think it was yesterday, he just had a birthday. I wished him happy birth happy thirtieth birthday. It's an ongoing oh, yeah. joy. Yeah, yeah. Because he's always gonna, he's always gonna be 30. 30. That was yeah. I'll never forget. Oh god, I'll never forget when he forget when he came to OVW and uh <laughs> how Snow asked started asking him how old he was. Uh, it was oh god, it was a whole thing. And he asked him, he asked him to see his ID and all this other shit. Oh man, it was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah. he took it well out of yeah, I mean, he's Boogie's one of the nicest guys you can meet. And, uh, you know, it was funny, though, because when we were riding together, when he was one of my riding partners, um, 
it was funny because we would always have to find like a bait and tackle shop because we are always having to look for live worms. Always. It's like, where are we finding worms in the winter time in freaking Wisconsin you know, or wherever we were? I don't know. It was crazy, but yep. So yeah. Were you a victim of the worm spots or was that Chad? <laughs> that was Chad. Yeah, that was Chad. So I was like, yeah, I was like, Chad, yeah, you're taking this one. So. Yeah, I took a bump to the outside and written on the table, and and the, and that was and that was the end of the dicks. Yeah, that was our last match against against uh, Boogie, and and that's that was fine with me. I, I'm glad I got to to end it with a, a guy I loved, uh, you know, a guy like Boogie. You know, it was good. That was cool. We we touched on what happened last time, and we're not going to go into the stories. But in terms of you finding out, finding out that you weren't going to have your job anymore, did somebody call you, or what way did they kind of? communicate to you that you aren't coming back oh i remember that infamous day that uh that was definitely uh that was definitely not one of my better days um it was um right like right before right before valentine's day wwe you broke my heart you sons of bitches but um but uh no it was it was it was yeah it was uh getting close to to um to valentine's day and and uh we just gotten off a tour uh, in Japan. And I remember I, I kind of felt like it was coming cause you know, I, we were just, we weren't getting that push and we were obviously jobbing to, to boogie. Um, and I just, I remember, I, I remember I was driving in the car. I got a call. I answered it and Hey, it's Johnny Ace. Uh, got you on the line, uh, conference call with Chad. Uh, and then, uh, and then, you know, he delivers the news. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, your gimmicks is just not really working and you guys can't be fighting. We're a publicly traded company. You can't be fighting backstage and, you know, getting the fights. up. And I'm like thinking to myself, shut the fuck up, Johnny. Just shut the fuck up. You know, you, you just 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 you, you don't. Hey, you don't like us. I know you don't like me. I, I just I just always felt like you didn't like me anyway. I, just, I mean, I don't know what it was like why he had, I mean, I, I tried to be nice to everybody. I always, that's just me in life. I just try to be kind to everybody. I try to treat people the way I want to be treated. But for some reason, like, man, it was such a toxic time back then in that locker room. And, um, and it, I don't know, it was just, it was really, it was really odd. And I just felt like he never really, I guess he'd never got me or whatever. I don't really care. Uh, maybe he thought my work was shit. I don't care. His work was, I don't need to mention it. I mean, you know, just watch them. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, so that was it. So he called and, you know, he tried to be, he tried to be cool about it. Like, ah, oh, you know, uh, you know, it's just the way it is right now, but Hey, you know, don't, you know, this, the business is a revolving door, go out there. You know, we just need people to forget about the dicks, you know, for a while. And I, I just, and I was just like, well, maybe not have had that gimmick to begin with you know, freaking a special on SmackDown because it's ridiculous. But, uh, but you know, it is what it is. So he's like, you know, so just, you know, stay out there, keep working and, you know, you know, you know, come around that revolving door, you know, work your way back into the business, you know, work your way back into the company. I was like, all right, yeah, I got you. I got you. Basically, you know, it's the old best of luck with your future endeavor bullshit, you know? Yeah. So that was that, but, you know, but I, I played it cool. I was like, okay, Johnny. Yep. Okay, John. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. You know, you know, thank you very much. Uh, you know, uh, so I played the game, 
But and I, I kept working. I kept, you know, I went to Ring of Honor and I was wrestling all around, doing a million different promotions and uh, working hard. And and, you know, and uh, I basically was like, OK, and I kept going to, to shows because at the time I was still uh, I was still uh, with Jillian Hall, who was, you know, obviously one of the main divas there. And um, and I was like, all right, well, and I would go to all the shows and uh, I'd, you know, try and just keep keep in with them and then like you know uh, a year like i don't know like you know nine months passed and i said hey i just want to try and get a you know a, talk to you for a few minutes johnny oh yeah yeah maybe a little later yeah i'm busy right now busy and it was show after show i'm busy i'm busy i'm busy and then finally like i finally caught him after a few more months after that it was probably like a year he's like we, we need you need like another six months you know like let's like let's revisit this another six months and so okay another six months went by same thing blah blah, blah. you know and then I heard I heard you know possibilities that you know maybe I could you know make a make a comeback on the ECW brand and you know the possibility there and you know there was and I was talking to Tommy Dreamer about things and you know with the possibilities that happened because he he was you know in developmental position at that time and. Yeah, and then uh, so shortly after that, on the Indies in one of the Ring of Honor shows, I I tore my other bicep because I had already torn the one that kind of part of how writing when I was getting together with Chad, and then uh, as a tag partner, and then um, and then I was catching someone on the outside of the ring and tore this uh, this bicep uh, uh, in Ring of Honor, and and so uh, who knows what would have happened, but. That's kind of where that went. And then, so I had surgery on that and then went back to the Indies and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. Do you have any, any memories of um, John Cena backstage? What was he like? Uh, I have a couple memories, actually, because um, he was already up on the main roster, of course, and really starting to, starting to make his moves up there and uh, gain a lot of popularity. But, you know, he was, he came back down to OVW for uh, a couple shows. And I remember uh, some of my first interactions with uh, John and, and first off, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Like, I mean, super, super, super nice guy. Um, you know, awesome. Just, just a good guy. You know, I can't, you know, I don't have anything negative to say about the guy. I don't know if many people do, cause I think he's just nice to everybody. Um, but uh and a hell of a work ethic, but I remember, and you know what kind of condition he's in, like what kind of shape he's in. He looks phenomenal. And I remember, and this is when I was like, you know, probably in some of my best shape as well. And I remember I, we, we were in, we were in gorilla. We we're all in that, that this one area backstage where we shoot vignettes and it's right before you enter a gorilla position. And there's like a mirrors in there and people usually get their pump before they go out, you know, to get that extra half inch of muscle, growth to, to make you look like you're 20 pounds heavier it's 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 like i don't know it's it's crazy but but basically you're getting your warm-up right but but you know you want to you know you want to you know, go out there looking as good as possible so i remember i was just doing my resistance bands and I'm, I'm working and i'm just you know just getting a nice pump and and uh and i remember he's like standing right next to me he's doing the same and, and then he's like he just looks at me he goes Will you, will you stand over there man honestly you're making me feel bad about myself you, you you're really making me feel you, you look you look freaking ridiculous. Go over there. You look too good. He's like, you make me look like shit. And, and it was really cool that, you know, cause you know, that, that was, that was cool. He said that. And it's cause you know, 
you know, I, I really didn't know him that well, uh, you know, for him to, you know, be cool like that. So that was nice, you know, so it wasn't, it was few and far between with some of those guys that were already up there um, were super cool because, you know, they're, I mean, you know, I don't know if, if it was just the way the locker room was. I mean, I know it was a toxic environment when I was there and I'm not the only one, obviously that says that I'm sure you've heard it many times from many people. I, I have. Um, Renee, Renee Dupree would agree. Oh yeah, definitely. Renee. Yeah, definitely. He, he, yeah, he he saw it firsthand. A lot of us did. A lot of us saw it. But you he know, a lot of shit as well. Yeah, yeah, and Miz did too. The Miz did. You know, Miz Miz went through shit. You know, and uh, so it is what it is. I mean, I never out, outwardly cried about it. Like when I was when I was there, I just sucked everything up and took it as it come because that's just the way it was. And uh, you know, I, I, who was I to say I was new up there and I was just trying to, you know, get a spot. And, uh, but I think there were a lot of people that, you know, I guess they're just trying to protect their own spots and segments because there's only so many segments on that show and only so many roster positions. So, you know, I, I that, get that roster was huge as well at the time. Uh, there was like 60 guys there. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a very big roster. And, um, you know, I guess at some point, you know, everyone's like. <laughs> something's got to give you know there can only be so many people up here because we only have so many segments and and when you got some of these guys that are doing their promos that are supposed to be five minutes long and they stretch it to 10 to 15 minutes long because they're the uh you know they're the you know a list or the a card they're the top of the card and what are you going to do you know because then you got to cut the other segments short and you're cutting this thing out and so it's like all right well i gotta just kind of fight to, to keep my own shit. So, I mean, I get it from a certain standpoint, but at the same time, it's like, I just, it was really weird because when I was in OVW, we were, it was such a tight knit group. It was a family and we were all just, you know, it was kumbaya there, man. I mean, it was, it was, everyone was just pulling for each other. We were always trying to help each other to just, you know, give each other the best advice and best matches and critique each other. And, and like, we had the best coaches and uh, it was just phenomenal, man. I mean, so to go from that kind of positive environment to up to the, you know, the big leagues, uh, you know, be on the, the main roster and, you know, now you're performing in front of, you know, millions of people. Uh, it's and, and to feel that like that negative presence, it could really it could really screw with you, man. It could mess with your head. I'm a very confident person, but I've never been shook like the way I was when I was up there. I didn't necessarily show it like in my demeanor per se, but it might may have may have shown in my work a little bit, or maybe it showed in, I don't know, it may have may have showed some way or another, but I mean it definitely shook my confidence. I didn't feel like like the the tank toland that I, I, I should be. So yeah. And I think we, we touched on it before some of these guys that are perceived even to this day as the nice guys of the business may not yeah. be just that but just on the flip side there scott wilder is wondering yeah, i just seeing this now the, yeah some of the guys you looked up to there uh up when i was up there i mean i would say man i mean there were some really good workers um you know i mean when i was there uh i mean i would say um uh, I wasn't on the same roster as him, but uh, Jericho was definitely by far one of the main guys that I really looked up to. I love Jericho. Um, I mean, he's just, 
he's just phenomenal, phenomenal worker. Um, I love everything about him. Uh, just such a cool guy. And it just comes across. He's just got great charisma. His, his uh, technical ability, his psychology is just phenomenal. Um, other guys I looked up to, uh, man, I mean, there's so many, so many the guys up there. Like I like Mick Foley. Mick Foley is a hell of a guy. Um, I mean, Benoit, Benoit, when, I mean, obviously a lot of stuff was going down at the time, but I mean, I looked, I looked up to Benoit as far as just his like intensity, um, his uh, passion for the business. Yeah, I mean, like, and and he was also a guy that would talk to the new guys. He would actually talk like I, I could have conversations with him, and um, and he would actually talk to you like you weren't some new piece of shit just coming up from from uh from you know the bottom, you know. So he actually is like I think he really wanted to help uh, some new people. I don't think he was threatened. I think he felt like you know. I know what I could do and I can, and I've proven myself and I, I earned a spot up here and, you know, it's my, I, I felt like he almost felt like it was his um, duty as a main guy to, to help bring up new people. And I kind of respect, and I respected that about him. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, so, so that was a couple of the guys, um, Eddie Guerrero, um, which was uh, just a, such a man, he's so awesome. And it was really so sad because I, I was there when he passed away. I mean, obviously not right there, but I mean, I was on, uh, you know, I was up there when it happened. I remember we pulled into, to, uh, it was Minneapolis, I believe. And, uh, just, man, I get just, when we drove in we just, it was just, you saw people being very somber and people crying nearly. We didn't know what happened. And then we heard that and it was just, it was heartbreaking. Um, but that was another guy that I just looked up to so much. Um, yeah. And so, but yeah, I mean, I just saw Scott was talking about, uh, you know, Foley and, and uh, Benoit and yeah, they're just two of the best guys. And yeah. Foley, holy God, that guy is, I mean, like I talk about Cena being a nice guy and he is, but like, I don't think there is a nice guy in this world than, than Mick Foley. I mean, that I dude. Testify to that as well. I seen him, he was here in Ireland one day and there was some problem, I think, with his flight or something like that. And he was late for his, he was doing a kind of a, a stand-up show and he was supposed to do a meet and greet before, before the show. Yeah. So he was, he was late for the meet and greet. So they had to kind of rush him up onto the stage. He'd done the show and he said Stein and signing autographs till 2 a.m. for every fan in there. So that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, yeah. He's just a real genuinely good guy. Um, I remember when we were, he, was, he came to actually OVW um, and was doing like uh, one of our outdoor shows at Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom. And um, he's a, if you know Nick, you know he's a huge, uh, Nick, he's a huge um, uh, roller coaster and theme park enthusiast. He loves him, loves, loves theme parks. And so we were at a theme park and we had a lot of time before the show was starting. And he's like, hey, you guys want to go and ride some roller coasters? So we went and ride me, my, my partner, Chris Cage and Mickey James. Um, we were all, we went with Mick and we were riding roller coasters and having a great time. And I, I still have, you know, uh, one of the pictures where, you know, you're going on the roller coaster, I take a picture of you. And was, <laughs> I have a picture of us uh, just on the roller coaster and Mick's like, ah, it was great. It's, <laughs> it's funny, but what, like, just to, to, to speak to how, what a good guy he is. We were just walking, going on different rides 
and he saw um, we were walking by a special needs kid with his family, and he was, you know, and he, he saw Mick, and and um, and you could tell he was excited. He must have been a wrestling fan, and Mick went up to him and he's like, Hey, how are you doing? And spent like a few minutes talking to him and the family. And then he's like, Hey, can this, can he, can you ride the Ferris wheel? And, you know, he was able to ride the Ferris wheel. And so he said, Hey, let's go ride the Ferris wheel. So we all went up on the Ferris wheel together and it, you could just tell it like made this kids like just life, like just made his year or whatever. It's just, and I was just like, Man, there needs to be more people like this in not only the wrestling business, but the world. If we could have a lot more Mick Foley's, uh, the world would be a hell of a lot better place. So, yeah. 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 This, this is a lot more of a positive chat than last time, isn't it? Uh, dude, that's that's me, man. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, I've done a million podcasts and it's always the the same hey can you tell us a story of chad and i don't it's fine i don't mind telling it because it, it's a story and uh you know it's it's uh it definitely a, an interesting one especially when it comes to you know there's people like to hear wrestling court stories so it's it's definitely one um and uh i don't mind telling it but man my my overall like just demeanor i'm just a positive person <laughs> just, that's just the way i am I, I believe there's a lot more good that can come out of that than, than looking at things from a negative perspective. You know, it's like energy, man. Positive energy creates positive energy and vice versa. So I like to go with the positive. If there was an opportunity for you to say come back as a singles competitor into, let's just for argument's sake, say the Royal Rumble or something like that next year, would you be open to something like that? <laughs> Hell yeah. Are you kidding me? How could anyone say no to that? I mean, you'd have to be insane, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dude, just to, to be, I'll tell you, and I don't think I've ever, ever told anyone this. I don't know how many times I have like actual dreams. I dream about being back up in the WWE, getting another shot. And I mean, it, it constantly, it's like, I, I must have that dream at least maybe once or twice a month where I'm, I'm like, I'm getting another shot and it feels, it's one of them real like lucid dreams. Like uh, it's real. And uh, and I'm getting another shot, and and I'm I'm finally proving myself, and it's like uh, yes, this is great. But and then of course, always something crazy happens. Like I don't have my boots, or or some crazy shit. Like I I got to get my tights or something like that from this hotel. That's like this matter. I don't know if I can cut it in time. So, but yeah, I mean I, I have that all the time. So to be back up in the WWE in any form or fashion to be able to prove myself. And show that I was a hell of a lot more than I got the opportunity to give, um, and I have so much more to give. Then, yeah, that would be that would be a dream come true. But you know, hey, a boy can dream. Yeah. Boy yeah. can dream. We've got a we've got a couple of minutes left, and there's a few questions in here, so I'm just going to pick the ones that we haven't touched on in the last two podcasts. So, if guys, if I'm not answering your questions, it's because it's either at the start of the show. Are in the last podcast so look we'll no. just do a quick fire some of these yeah I'll, I'll i'll try and be quick this time was vince approachable backstage Ooh, vince okay vince um it was hit or miss with vince man uh you the first thing you want to do when you go to the arena you want to find out what kind of vince uh, what kind of mood vince is in if he's in a good mood you want to go right up to him and say hey vince how you doing uh you know and just shake his hand say hi you know you know never know Maybe you'll say, hey, I like that guy. Let's give him a raise or let's give him a push. You never know. 
And if he's in a bad mood, you want to just whoo, fly under the radar and hope he doesn't see you the whole night because you just know, who's that guy? Why did we hire him? Get rid of him. You know, so that's, yeah, approachable. It just depends on the day. What was the worst oh, movie you ever seen him in? Man, um, I saw him. Uh, it was right after uh, Paul London did this move. We were working against him, and he did this like back. He did Paul London did this like uh, shooting star press from the inside of the ring to the outside of the ring off of his partner Spanky's back, and yeah. I had to actually run up and catch him from breaking his neck. And, uh, you know, and I took it and, and Vince was livid backstage. He's like, don't you ever pull that shit again? Blah, 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 blah. You know, well, we, we don't do that kind of shit around. Like he was really hot about it. And that that was Paul London's go to movie. It just, you know, he slipped like, you know, sometimes it happens. But, you know, but yeah, he was he was fired up, man. I never he was yelling. I was like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here. So, yeah. Who was your favorite and least favorite agent? Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, shit, man. Uh, I'm not trying to bury myself here, but you know, <laughs> I'm not in the business anymore anyway. Uh, I loved Arn Anderson, uh, and Ricky Steve Boat, Steve Kern, um, Michael Hayes. Fuck, man. Fuck, man. Michael Hayes, you fucked me, man. You fucked me good. He was the one that first mentioned the 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 whole dicks thing. Oh, yeah, we should call yeah. him Swinging Richard. So uh, I didn't really know him that well. So I mean, I can't say I I, I didn't like him i just i just that moment kind of he was kind of helped put the nail in the coffin for my career <laughs> the, the gimmick so thanks mike appreciate it yeah on that well, one there. You, go i'm sorry go ahead do you, do think, you think chad, chad could have worked together if you stuck with the if you weren't stuck with the dicks gimmick i heard they're originally going to call you the cool guys <laughs> <laughs> is there any fruit in that though no? uh you know what? I'm looking at this this uh, question, and um, you know, uh, this 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 guy looks. This guy seems familiar. I think this was a guy named Big Pal, actually, who uh, who was a, uh, a guy who tried to make it on the Indies, but the the name Big Pal just didn't work. And uh, you know, he he would get all oiled up and jacked up and got a sweat going. He'd always want to get in the ring with me, and I just I just you know. Just yeah, but no. I to be answer the question. Um, I don't think that um, I don't think it'll work no matter what kind of gimmick we had, and uh, yeah, and uh, no matter what. So because I think he would have just screwed it up one way or another. Yeah. Who did you write with? <laughs> any, any ribs? I'm guessing um, not I'll, on you. Any, <laughs> yeah, any no, ribs uh, on other people? Unfortunately, I rode with Chad. I rode with um. Uh, boogeyman and uh i rode with bobby lashley sometimes and nova um and uh jillian hall those are the people i rode with as far as far as ribs uh not really too much honestly not not when we were on the road uh and and i was too uptight like worried about you know one what the ribs that were on me you know uh which i've already talked about before but but uh but yeah i mean we just we were just a our group that we rode with we were a nice little group and we just Wanted to just get in there, get out without any, you know, any flying over the radar in a bad way. Yeah. Let me see. Maybe one here, one more here. Yeah. As many, hey, it's your time, whatever. Yeah. How were scripts for you, easy or difficult? Did you get many scripts back then or was it kind of bullet points? I was talking to Cherry about this that was with Juice and Domino and she was saying they kind of just got bullet points back then compared to what it is now. You mean for actual matches or vignettes? For vignettes, I think he's referring to. Yeah, with the vignettes, 
I was actually fortunate like that. Yeah. They'd give me bullet points. They'd be like, Hey, this is what I want you to touch on. Can you write something up? Um, so, uh, they'd say, you know, you know, this is, this is what we like the basis of what we want. And then I would write something that would kind of fit our, our characters and, uh, you know, cocky and arrogant and, you know, all that stuff. And that, and then I'd put a lot of, you know, double entendres and, 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 you know, that kind of stuff into the, uh, into the, uh, into the vignettes, you know, talking about us, dicks being, you know, hard and vascular and hard to beat, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. 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 Um Scott Wilder says, where is it? Scott Wilder says, Well the rib on tank was Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could leave it at that for today. Yeah, that couldn't be any oh my god, you hit the nail on the head with that one, brother. Oh my god, that what a rib. That's the God played the rib on me with that one. Jesus. <laughs> Yep, that's uh, good, Scott. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll leave Scott with the final word. I'm sure he's at home laughing at that one now. That's awesome. That's, uh, yeah. you, you know what? I never heard that. And that was that. That's, that is the rib. That is the rib. Listen, man, really yes. appreciate your time. And we might do it again down the road sometime. And we'll keep it, keep it uh, nice and positive like today. But just for fans that want to keep in contact with you, just throw out your social medias there as well. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Tank Toland, and I also have a Facebook Tank Toland, and uh, TikTok. I might have Tank Toland too. I know it's it's one of those things. It's either Tank Toland or John Toland. Uh, but yeah, uh, those are basically my my social media. Anyone that wants uh, any workers that want custom apparel or anyone that wants custom apparel at all, I do. I have my own screen printing business, as you can see. Um, and uh, yeah, so I do I do a lot of. Uh, t-shirts and many other apparel for you know workers bands restaurants gyms what what have you you know schools whatever so yeah, yeah. so if you yeah. need me reach and, out to me yeah and keep an eye on scott i think scott is bringing you in on your own for something at some point he was saying to me so yeah keep an eye on that as well. yeah i mean hey look I'm, I'm happy for any opportunities i get you know i love the business i love what i do so you know, and I appreciate uh, you and, and all the fans and, and forgive me the, uh, uh, you know, the ability for a little scrawny short kid to, to go out there and, and, you know, live, live his dream. So thank you. No problem, man. Thanks a million. Ian is in there. He said your, your shirt looks badass. There you go. Ah, thanks, brother. Thanks. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> You're awesome. Right, thank you. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks a lot for tonight. All right, brother. Take it easy, man. Take care. Cheers, bro.